Do you wish you could make more fun vacation memories with your family every year? I'm Lynn Mettler, aka Go-To Travel Gal. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I help you learn to travel more by spending less and explain how easy it is for your entire family to fly free. Hey, and welcome everyone to this episode of the Families Fly Free podcast. So today I'm going to talk about one of my family's favorite destinations to fly free. When you figure out how to fly free following my simple process, suddenly the world is open to you. You can go anywhere and pay nothing for your flight. So I have a lot of families who come to me and want to know where should they fly free? So I'm asked that a lot. What are my family's recommendations for where to travel? So today we're going to talk about Utah, which is one of our favorite adventurous destinations. Now I also wanted to mention that Hawaii is a destination I hear about a lot from my um, listeners and my readers and the members of my family's fly free program that's tops on their bucket list and they want to know how to get their family to hawaii while spending as little as possible so all throughout december inside of my family's fly free program i am teaching live how to fly free to hawaii how to book free hotels in Hawaii, as well as what to do there and how to save um, on activities in Hawaii. So if Hawaii is on your bucket list, I encourage you to come join Families Fly Free and you can do that at familiesflyfree.com join if you wanna get in live and be able to ask the questions you have. If you join Families Fly Free after December, you have access to all of the recordings from this month so you can learn it also. But on to today's destination, which is Utah. So why Utah? So my family is adventurous. We like to be in the outdoors. We like to hike. We like to explore. We like to move and do. So Utah definitely fits all of those qualifications, Uh, particularly right now as we are recording this during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, at a time when everybody wants to be outdoors and physically distanced from other people, there's a lots of opportunities to do that in Utah. Um, most of the things to see there are outdoors. Most of the towns throughout these areas that have these great scenic vistas and amazing things to see are located around small towns, so you don't have to worry about big cities with lots of people, and it's all very drivable if you want to just be in your own car and drive from place to place. And I'll tell you, there is nothing in the world like Utah. It is like visiting another planet. No kidding. It's full of all these amazing red rocks and cliffs and red sand, pink sand. Um, it, It looks to us like you have just stepped on Mars. And we even drove through a part on our last trip that actually had all of these mounds of gray sand, which we imagined is what the moon might look like. Um, it's just a landscape that you won't find elsewhere. And for us in the Midwest, where we see a lot of flatlands and cornfields, it's really, really cool to get out and see something completely different. 
So in terms of getting to Utah, um, as you learned in my last episode, I like Southwest Airlines the most for families who want to fly free because I think they offer the simplest way um, to fly free and the best way to really stretch the miles and points that you do earn and that you redeem for free flights. Um, they really allow you to take more flights for the same number of miles and points. So, um, so we like to fly to Las Vegas. Southwest flies to Las Vegas and they also fly to Salt Lake City. Those are the two closest Southwest airports um, to Southern Utah. And Southern Utah is the area that I'm talking about um, because there you will find five different national parks. So Utah is known for its mighty five national parks. And again, it is in the southern part of the state. Um, so that's where we would recommend um, navigating. I'm sure the northern part is beautiful too. Uh, we haven't been there, so I can't give um, a personal account on that. But so in terms of getting to southern Utah, um, we like to fly into Las Vegas and then rent a car and drive into Utah. So we've done that twice now. And you can make um, kind of a little trip, a weekend trip to Las Vegas out of it too. You can arrive early and spend a couple days in Las Vegas. Vegas or you can at the tail end hang out in Las Vegas for a couple of days um, and, and Las Vegas can definitely be family friendly as well we love to go kind of walk through all of the amazing hotels and resorts um, and there's so many different activities that you can do for free in Las Vegas um, just by walking around um, and last time we stayed at the Hilton Lake Las Vegas property which is about 30 minutes outside of the strip and it's on a beautiful lake it's very natural has its own little village with shops and restaurants and it's a good place again if you want to be more socially distant and not in a bunch of crowds of people and you can take a shuttle over to the strip when and if you want to go over there so that gives you a couple of options um, and so you can also fly into Salt Lake City for other airlines um, Grand Junction is in Colorado that's in the very western side of Colorado um, and you could drive from that side into the eastern side of Utah um, and some other airlines flying to Grand Junction Southwest does not and there's also um, Delta has a um, small connection that serves some smaller cities um, like Cedar City which is in the southwestern portion of Utah. Um, St. George, that is a great little town. It has a small airport as well. That's also in the southwestern side of Utah, as well as Canyonlands, which is a national park. There is Canyonlands Field near Moab, and that is more on the southeastern side of Utah. And we'll go through the different parts and what's where throughout this podcast. So that gives you some different options in terms of getting there. Now, again, they do have five national parks in Utah, and actually you can pretty easily reach the north rim of the Grand Canyon also um, from southern Utah. So that's really six national parks that you can easily visit um, either on one trip or two trips. So I do recommend getting the National Parks Pass, which is $80. Um, if you're going to be going to, I would say, at least three national parks over the course of a year. So on our last trip to Utah, we did 
um, one, two, three, four national parks. Um, and so just on that trip alone, we save by getting the national parks pass because it's usually about 30 to $35 to get in most national parks. There are a few that are free, but usually some portion of it, like taking the scenic drive will cost. And so that can be a savings. So that's a little tip for you. Now let's talk about the different national parks and where they are located. So the first time we took a trip to Utah, we just did the southwestern side. And the two parks that are over there are probably the most popular one, which is Zion National Park, and then Bryce Canyon National Park. Um, and those two um, you can access through um, different little towns in southwest Utah. We have stayed in Kanab twice now um, and that is a very small town that gives you um, easy access to Zion in particular. It's about 30 minutes drive from Zion um, and Kanab has um, small hotels so we've stayed at a Hampton Inn and a Holiday Inn Express there and both were perfectly fine, very clean, very nice, very comfortable. You're not in your hotel very much because you're out exploring during the day and when you come back you're usually pretty tired um, you don't want to do a whole lot anyway. I will say in Kanab there's not a whole lot of dining options and the options there may have odd hours. They may not be open certain days and they close really early. So just be aware of that um, when you go to Kanab that you may want to uh, make sure you really fill up on breakfast at the hotel. You may want to get something to make your own sandwiches for lunch and be aware that you may need to eat a little earlier. Just check the times of the restaurants and make sure they are open. Um, there's a great little Mexican restaurant that we like there called Escobar's, but that can have a long wait too. So just something to be aware of. Um, so uh, you can access Zion from Kanab. Zion National Park um, is fantastic. It uh, During the pandemic, it's a little bit more difficult to access because they are limiting the number of people on the shuttles and to to get into Zion National Park you have to park in a parking lot which fills up very quickly by 9 or 10 in the morning most days um, so if you don't make it into the parking lot then you need to park in um, a Springdale which is a another little nearby town and so you park in Springdale and you catch the shuttle from there and it takes you into the park so either place that you park you take the shuttle and that gives you access to the different portions of Zion. You can't drive into it um, and it will take you to the different trailheads uh, inside of Zion. And I will share a link with this podcast um, of a video my family put together of hiking in Zion. Um, particularly we did the Hidden Canyons Trail and um, the uh, one of the Emerald uh, Pools Trails as well. So um, the two most popular hikes though in Zion are Angel's Landing and um, the Narrows. Uh, the Narrows is where you hike through um, the Virgin River, which goes through Zion. You literally, um, it goes through a slot canyon, which basically means there are rocks on either side of you going straight up. And you're going through a narrow crevice in between these two rocks and the water flows through there. And so you do have to wear waders. Um, it's, um, and I guess it gets, can get, I don't know, I think waist deep during certain times of the year at certain portions of it. So it is definitely a challenging hike, but it's one a lot of people like to check off their bucket list. We have not done that one, um, and you really can't do it in the spring because the water levels are too high. So you may want to plan that for later in the summer or the fall. Um, the other one is Angel's Landing. We did not do that one either. 
that one goes quite high and has drop-offs on either side. You have to hold on to chains as you're going up that, and that was a little more than um, I wanted to risk with my family. Um, though I have heard that what you can do is you can just do a portion of that hike. You can just go part of the way, and it still offers amazing views, and you don't have to continue up to that um, scary part. Now, the hike that we did was called Hidden Canyons, and that had drop-offs on one side, and you did have to hold on to chains on the other side for that one as well, and that is a little bit scary, but um, make sure you have kids who will listen to what you tell them to do and and that um, you know will hold on to the chains will hold on to your hand um, so that you don't it's it is a little bit um, hair raising for moms to watch their their kids do this so every time we go to Utah it, it makes me very nervous when my kids get to the edge of cliffs but so far so good um, but just some things to consider. So, but there are plenty of options there as well that don't have those scary drop-offs that you can do in Zion. So that's a little bit about Zion. Now, you can go about an hour and a half um, northeast-ish of Zion and you'll find Bryce Canyon National Park. And um, there it's, has its own little city right outside the park. And uh, we stayed at the Best Western Bryce Canyon. Um, and that was a great property. They have a, a very good breakfast in the morning. Um, has everything you could you could need for a stay at Bryce Canyon. So Bryce Canyon is known for its hoodoos, which are these unusual geologic formations that again just look like you just feel like you would never see them any other place on earth. They are very unusual and they um, are in different shapes. So they have names like Thor's hammer and some others because there's one that of course looks like Thor's hammer and it is a canyon so you have to hike down into it so that can be um, you need to be in good conditioning to get back out of the canyon it's easy enough to go in but it's the coming out that's tricky so you want to be aware of that and it has many different hiking trails that kind of intersect so you can just kind of go as far as you want as deep into the canyon and then come back out um, to do that so we really just spent um, a day at Bryce Canyon. We went in April and there was a little bit of snow. It was quite chilly on the day that we went. We were had hats and gloves and coats on and, and it ended up being fine because you warm up pretty quickly when hiking. But um, again, they have even less infrastructure outside of Bryce Canyon, particularly if you arrive before or after the summer months, which are their high season, a lot of things are closed. And so we found only a couple of restaurants that were close to the canyon, um, including Subway was one of them, um, that we had to eat, where we had to eat multiple times. You can drive out a little bit further and there are some restaurants. We drove into Tropic and there was a pizza restaurant. Um, so you can do that, but that's, you may have to drive out like 30 minutes or so to find a few other restaurants. So again, it's just good to have a plan for food at some of these national parks that um, just don't have a lot of infrastructure. Now inside of my family's fly free program, you can download for free our exact itinerary that we use to visit Bryce Canyon and Zion National Park, including our stay in Kanab and some state parks that I'm going to mention further down in the podcast. You can check out the Family's Fly Free program, which offers that itinerary and many more to some of my family's favorite destinations at familiesflyfree.com join.
We just recently over fall break in October did a second trip to Utah and this time we went more on the southeastern side and saw three the other three of the national parks of the mighty five national parks um, on this trip. Um, so what we did is again we flew into Las Vegas we went to um, we drove to Kanab because it's about a six hour drive from Las Vegas to Moab which is the little town on the southeastern side of Utah which is centrally located to most of these national parks on that side. So to break up that drive we did spend a night in Kanab and instead of doing Zion and Bryce we went south and we went to the north rim of the Grand Canyon, which was only about an hour and a half drive from Kanab, because we'd never seen the Grand Canyon except from, from an airplane. So um, that's a very easy drive to make, and the um, north rim of the Grand Canyon is, um, I haven't seen the south rim, but it's supposed to be very different, has more uh, vegetation, um, uh, just has a different look than the southern rim of the Grand Canyon, but it's still amazingly jaw-dropping when you first look out and see how huge this thing is it's incredible and it's very easy to drive and get out at the different viewpoints we didn't really do any major hikes there um, we just walked out on some platforms that kind of stuck out and and it was really cool and then we we headed back to Kanab so we did that and checked off one national park there so from there then we drove on um, to Moab and on the way we stopped at Capitol Reef National Park which is really between it's more centrally located in the southern part of Utah um, and it is the least known of the different national parks in Utah. At Capitol Reef we spent the afternoon we got there late in the afternoon and we just did one hike there. Um, it's actually free to enter this national park unless you wanna do the scenic drive and there is a cost to do that and we did wanna do the scenic drive. And it is scenic, it is beautiful. Um, this is definitely a park not to miss even though it's the least visited um, each national park in Utah is different in its own right, um, but all extremely beautiful and unusual in their landscape. So um, we did the Hickman Bridge hike, which is a moderate hike that we could do in a couple hours there when we arrived in the afternoon. And the bridge is really is an arch. So in this side of Utah, you will see lots of arches um, and they're really, really cool. So we did this moderate hike um, and you'll also see in Utah so many rocks so when you do hikes there's lots of climbing over and on and under and through rocks so if you have kids that like to move and do and touch and climb they will love hiking in Utah um, our kids have really enjoyed it so we did that hike but then we came back and we did the scenic drive which I highly recommend and there's an extra little part that you can do at the end which goes into a dirt road so you need to make sure you have a vehicle that can do that but it was nothing difficult you don't need to have a, a serious off-roading vehicle, just probably one with four-wheel drive. Um, and you really actually drive into like some canyons and some slot canyons in your car. So that's really fantastic. And you can, there are some bed and breakfast and some small hotels around there. It seems to have pretty good infrastructure outside of Capitol Reefs. So you could stay a night there if you wanted to spend a longer time doing some hikes there. Another popular one there is Cassidy's Arch, which is named after Butch Cassidy because he grew up in this area and apparently he used this area as a hideout. 
Um, so from there we drove on to Moab and I highly recommend Moab. It is a really, really cool little town. It's full of adventure seekers. There's all kinds of people and these off-roading vehicles, just you can actually drive them through town on the street. It's legal. Lots of RVs, lots of Jeeps and, um, an outdoor type of cars. It's just a, a different atmosphere, a different adventurous spirit there. And the town itself is, is pretty sizable. There's, um, there's a little downtown there are plenty of restaurants in Moab so you don't need to worry about that here um, <clears throat> there's plenty of hotels there we stayed at a Homewood Suites right in the downtown which was lovely it actually had some rooms with two sets of bunk beds which would be awesome if you have um, it was great for a family of four we each had our own and they're actually queen size beds so we each had our own queen size bed um, and the kids slept in the top bunks or if you have a larger family that's really great too because it off it affords plenty of room for everyone and then it has a separate um, living and dining area with a full kitchen full-size refrigerator um, an oven stove microwave etc um, and we also stayed part of the time we spent almost a week in Moab at a vacation rental um, hosted by Vacasa. we booked it through them and um, it was a I will link to this but I have a review of the townhome that we stayed in it was maybe five to ten minutes out of town south of town but it was in a complex like a condominium complex and so there was many vacation rentals in that complex so even if you couldn't find the one where we stayed you could find one that's very similar and it was perfect again it had a full-size giant kitchen um, and upstairs for two bedrooms um, each of them had a full bath and then it had a washer and dryer which was very handy and all the properties where we stayed did have washer and dryer so you can get rid of those dirty hiking clothes um, and you'll find in Utah you get sand everywhere there's just sand all over the place and so there's sand in your shoes sand in your clothes sand on your backpacks um, so it is helpful to be able to wash so in Moab the last two national parks are Canyonlands and Arches and Arches is just right there in Moab so you can just head to Arches just north of town it um, does take a few minutes to drive up into it and back into it um, but it's about as convenient as it gets and that was probably our uh, favorite national park on this second trip was Arches it affords many different hikes so many cool giant rock formations and then of course tons of arches um, that you can see um, and some really iconic ones that make for for great pictures like delicate arch um, is a good one so um, also is Canyonlands and the entrance to Canyonlands is um, there's actually two separate parts to that park so one is probably a good hour south of Moab um, and we did that portion of the park it's the more remote portion and that one's called the needles that's the that portion of Canyonlands and then the other portion you access to the north of Moab and it's a bit of a drive as well um, 45 minutes I think uh, as well and then it has more of the traditional <clears throat> arches like scenery that you would find and it actually has some big canyons um, some big open canyons thus canyon lands and um, we did not get to do that one because we waited left that one till a Saturday and it was so so busy we couldn't even get through 
the um, the gate to get in without it being an hours long wait. Now every other park we went in during the week and we would go in about one or two in the afternoon. We had no problems getting in. We had no problems finding parking and no problems doing any of our hikes. So my tip would be just try not to do it on a weekend or if you do be prepared that you need to get there really early or that you're going to be sitting um, for a while and we were afraid even if we did make it through the gate that we wouldn't be able to do the hikes we wanted because there wouldn't be parking either for us to get to access what we wanted so um, now that's all of the parks and they are all fantastic Utah also has some really amazing state parks that you absolutely should not miss. And they are a good thing to do like in between the national parks. You'll find there's less crowds here, but it's still the same fantastic scenery that you find throughout Utah. So when we were in the Kanab area, um, on our first trip, we did the coral pink sand dunes. So that's these giant, you know, pinkish, corally colored sand dunes in the middle of Utah. And we actually saw them from the plane when we were flying back. They stand out because they're so different from the rest of the scenery. So you can go there, it's close to Zion. It's on the way to Zion, in fact, from Kanab. And you can uh, rent boards and go sandboarding, which is really a cool bucket list experience. Uh, be sure you wax your boards, otherwise they get stuck in the sand. And be prepared if you go during a hot time of year, it's really hot on the sand dunes and they're difficult. It's difficult to walk through sand, as you would know on a beach. So it, you get tired quickly but really a fun activity. We also did Kodachrome Basin State Park, and it is named for its beautiful colors um, in this area of the rocks. And it has similar type of, um, it's kind of a cross between Zion and Bryce, uh, and it's between the two. And um, really some great hikes. We did one where you climbed up a ladder onto a rock slab, and you were just at this top with just 360 degree views around you. Um, so highly recommend that one. There's also, this is a national, a federally managed um, monument, Grand Staircase National Monument. Um, and apparently it was the last portion of the U.S. to actually be mapped. So it is really, really remote. There is no cell um, coverage. Uh, you, if you decide to go into it, make sure you have everything you need. If your car would break down, you have food, you have water. There are a couple of marked hikes in here, and um, we did do this. We kind of went out of our way when we were going from Zion to Bryce Canyon. The first time we drove through a portion of the National Monument, um, and we just stopped and got out at this one hike, and there was not a single other person there but us, and it was super fun. We, you know, there was lots of, again, rocks to climb through and over, and you really felt like you were going in out into an adventure into the unknown because like the national parks are full of people and you're constantly passing folks along the way this there was no one it was just you in the middle of mother nature um, some other great ones there there is the wave which is this just incredibly swirly like it just looks like um, taffy rock formation in Utah and we have never done that one but it's on our list but you have to get a permit in order to be out there and there's a lottery for it um, and so I guess a lot of people want to do this you have to get picked by the lottery um, and go and it's actually I think kind of a long hike to even get into it but that might be something to check out as well if you're planning way in advance um, and you have um, you know maybe older kids who can do the 
the longer hike into it, it's definitely something to see once in a lifetime. The other state park that I recommend that we did in Moab, and I'm sure there's many more amazing state parks than these, but was Dead Horse Point State Park, which was um, on the way to the northern portion of Canyonlands uh, outside of Moab. And that really kind of looks like the Grand Canyon. It's this huge canyon, and it actually looks into Canyonlands, so you can see part of the canyons there also. Um, and it has this unique formation where the river runs through the canyon where it kind of juts out to a point. Um, and it was where they filmed Thelma and Louise. They filmed one of the Indiana Jones films there. They filmed many movies there because it's a very iconic spot um, with unique landscape. So definitely check that one out. And there is a small cost to enter these as well, but well worth it. Now, the last thing I wanted to mention was just, you know, a couple of other things to do in Utah, other than the national parks, um, and particularly with kids. So around the Moab area, there's a ton of interesting things to do. There are dinosaur, real ancient, like hundreds of millions of years old dinosaur footprints all around this area. And if you go to the Moab tourism website, they have a map of these different sites. And so we just picked one on a kind of a day off from hiking. We drove out to it and you just walk up not very far onto this rock and there's just a slab of rock with very obvious dinosaur footprints that were something like you know over a hundred million years old so what a cool thing for kids to see a a real dinosaur footprint not in a museum but just out in nature and this was happened to me where this rock slab just fell and landed and so you can walk right up to it and and throughout some of the different parks and just literally by the side of the road as we were driving to to this see this dinosaur footprint are petroglyphs you know that are thousands of years old from ancient peoples that they just drew on these rocks and they still remain and they're you know very interesting and unique looking these people like holding hands and they would draw pictures of their animals and there are some that even look like you know did aliens land and they drew pictures of them it's just really creepy but um, they have a slab that you can see at Capitol Reef but um, also just north of town when you head out to this one particular dinosaur footprint you just all along the side of the road you can just stop and see petroglyphs on the rocks um and it's it's really really again just cool to see ancient history right in front of your face just out in nature um, other popular things to do in moab is off-roading this is a huge off-roading destination and they have trails just dedicated specifically to that and again all throughout town there's just people in these off-road vehicles it's legal to drive them through town and then mountain biking um, it is a hugely popular activity throughout utah you will see people mountain biking all over the place and there is a sand flats area that's um very popular for mountain biking. So I think as you can see, if you are a family who likes to be adventurous, who likes to be in the outdoors, who likes to hike and see and do, um, definitely add Utah to your list. It's easy enough to fly there for free and then rent a car and, and drive and see which parks, which sites, which state parks you want to see and do. Um, and again, you can download my itinerary for Bryce and Zion, Inside Families Fly Free, and I'm going to be adding our exact itinerary that we just completed to Arches Canyonlands 
the Grand Canyon, North Rim, and Capitol Reef as well, and including these state parks. So I'll share with you exactly what we did, and that, that will also be inside the program if you want to see exactly what we did and then and then tweak it and tailor it for yourself. So um, I hope that gives you a good overview of Utah. I hope you're excited about adding it to your list, and um, I would love it if you enjoyed this podcast if you would review it give it um, five stars if you think it's worth it and leave a sentence or two review about how this was helpful to you that really helps me out a lot and it helps spread the word about this podcast and I really appreciate it so enjoy Utah ready to fly your family free come join me inside my family's fly free program where you get my simple step-by-step plan and my personal help so you can make more priceless travel memories with your family before your kids leave home. Visit familiesflyfree.com join. That's familiesflyfree.com join to learn more and get started flying free today.